Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about, in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive, and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com build. That's chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A football-packed edition of Talk of Champions coming up in just a minute. Two guests, two. Ole Miss defensive line coach Freddie Roach, Ole Miss offensive line coach Jack Bicknell as Ole Miss opens fall football practices But first, let me tell you about Grove Sharks tailgating. The Ole Miss football season has arrived. It's here. And Grove Sharks tailgating can take care of all your game day needs. Locally owned and operated, Grove Sharks tailgating specializes in tent rentals and setup packages that can accommodate parties and gatherings of all sizes. Customers come first at Grove Sharks tailgating, so pick out a package that suits you best, and they'll take care of everything else. For more information, visit Grove Sharks tailgating at grovesharks.com, grovesharks.com. And like them on Facebook at Grove Sharks or contact owner Eric Trimble at 662-816-3493. That's Eric Trimble at Grove Sharks tailgating 662-816-3493. And now it's Talk of Champions. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. The guest co-host, Brian Haydad. Yes, that Brian Haydad. At Brian Haydad on Twitter. Covers Mississippi State. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. For Super Talk Mississippi, football is back in the state. And this isn't strictly going to be one of those Egg Bowl podcasts. I've got two great guests coming up because Ole Miss Fall Camp is here. It's arrived. So Jack Bicknell, Ole Miss Offensive Line Coach, and Freddie Roach, Ole Miss Defensive Line Coach. Two guests just for you on this Thursday slash Friday edition, depending on when you're listening. It went up late on Thursday. So whenever you're listening, Thursday slash Friday edition of Talk of Champions. Brian, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm always excited to rekindle the greatest rivalry in sports journalism entertainment. Try to play that game all you want. But when push comes to shove, Mm -hmm. you love me. Have I ever said anything else? Have I ever said anything to the contrary? When you and Bob Carskadden first started up y'all's now gone podcast you didn't like me i didn't know you but you didn't like once me. i got once like well you know there, there's a reason for that why 
Huh? Well, it's that team. It's that other team, you know. Oh, okay. I just put you under that blanket with all of them. So you got to get to know them. You got to get to know people. But now the bear hugs, they're real. They're real. They're, they're real. real. I missed you at media, at media days. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. I didn't need to go. I'm over media days. That's fine and all, but you could think it to see you there. Did I, did I see you in Hoover at that? At, at, uh, at, I didn't see you at the SEC tournament either, did I? I was there. We just never crossed paths. I think I saw you because, once. It's because Ole Miss was playing all the early games and State was playing the late games, and then State got eliminated. So, yeah, you had that one game where it went well the into the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard for us to connect. I think the one time we were going to connect was at an RV for Richard Cross, and then yes, yes, yeah. There are a few we people go, we there. We were going to go see John Wick three. If, yes. Uh, if if state if they but uh, it, it didn't work out so I ended up watching John Wick three with my wife and she covered her face pretty much the whole time I bet she did yeah that was just when she was looking at you though ah uh, dad joke college football is back in Mississippi Ole Miss opens fall camp Mississippi State as well let's get right into it when you look at the two in state rivals when you think about what these teams are both of them are in a sense rebuilding last year Mississippi State. I had a defense that was among the best in the country. Ole Miss offensively lost a lot of talent, though the overall record didn't indicate that talent being what it was. What do you think are the biggest storylines right now for both teams? Well, I'll start with State, since that's obviously closer to home with me, and, and, and it starts at the quarterback position. Is Tommy Stevens going to be the quarterback at Mississippi State? I think that he is, uh, and if he is, then it leads itself into, can they just be better offensively? When you look at their four regular season losses last year, they scored seven, six, three and zero points and for Joe Moorhead to come in with his reputation as this offensive guru and put up those kind of numbers really really disheartening uh, considering that what you thought you had offensively and then what you knew you had defensively they only gave up 12 touchdowns all year Ben and they lost five games that is that seems to be statistically improbable but it is what it is for Ole Miss it's sort of the sort of the reverse it's how much better can they be defensively because they can't be a hell of a lot worse so they've got to be better defensively this year because you know offensively they're probably going to take a little bit of a step back when you lose players like A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Demarcus Lodge, Dawson Knox, Greg Little. You know, I like Scotty Phillips a lot. I voted him second team all SEC uh, on my ballot in Hoover. Um, Matt Corral, I'm interested to see how he fits in Rodriguez's offense because that's an offense that I always associate with a quarterback running the ball a lot. And I don't know if Matt Corral is the guy to do that. So how do they – tinker and, and make the offense fit. I watched an offense last year at Mississippi State that didn't tailor itself to its quarterback strengths or its quarterback just wasn't able to grasp the offense, and it was a, it was a train wreck at times. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that way in Oxford because I think Corral is very, very talented, and he's a, he's a really good passer. Can he provide the running that the Rich Rodriguez offense needs? Those are my, That's what I'm looking at at Ole Miss, and for State, for me, it's all about that quarterback position and how much better they can be offensively. Ole Miss had its media day today. I did some phone interviews that you'll hear in just a little bit. But first, I want to make sure to remind you to subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes, also available in SoundCloud, and should be wherever you can find your podcast or get your podcast. Just search Talk of Champions. Also, check out the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. The voice you hear is Brian Haydad. He covers Mississippi State for Super Talk. Can I do my plugs? Yeah. You can, if you're interested in Mississippi State, and, and I know a lot of you guys are, you can check me out on Super Talk at Sports Talk Mississippi uh, from 3 to 6 every uh, weekday. And, of course, if you want to hear my podcast, the Thunder and Lightning podcast with Ben's other friend here on the MSU Beat, Joel Coleman. Love to death. That's available at supertalk.fm or anywhere podcasts are found. Nicely done. 
This is what I wanted to do because Brian and I only get together for a podcast every so often, maybe twice a year. He'll do mine, I'll do his, and then we're done, and then it rolls over to the next year. So I thought entering the season, or entering fall camp at least, let's do the all-Mississippi team. Let's run through it. You've heard the debate before. You've heard how often people have talked about, well, if Mississippi State and Ole Miss was just one school, they'd be Alabama. Yeah. And we've talked about this. So I'm looking at the rosters, and I'm thinking about things. Let's run through it. Who are your top players from Mississippi State that would have to be on the all-Mississippi team? Errol Thompson. Okay. Cam Dantzler. Willie Gay. I think Chauncey Rivers would be on there. He'd so be on def- there. For de- defense, definitely those four. Are we running a 4-3 or 3-4? We're going to run a 4-3. Okay. Because I, I think we've got enough. I think the state of Mississippi has good linebackers. Yes. State has three really good ones. I, I like Sonogo at Ole Miss. So you, I, wanna, I want linebackers on the field. Offensively for state, Kylan Hill is yes. going to be on this team. Think um, about that backfield with Kylan Hill, Scotty Phillips, and Jerrion Ely as the depth chart. That's a good depth chart. That's, that's the very, Alabama and, depth chart. You know, and Nick Gibson for state, who's their backup, has been very, very solid. I mean, that's your fourth running back. Man, you're, you're pretty good. And I like Woolard, too, for that old Miss, to be honest with you. Um, Hill is on there. Um, Daryl Williams, the center for Mississippi State, is going to make it. Right. First, I think he was preseason second team all SEC. I had him, I had him on my ballot. At receiver for state, I, I, without seeing him play in the SEC, the grad transfer, Isaiah Zuber, he was really solid at Kansas State. That's a team that didn't throw the ball a lot, and he still caught 50 passes for them. Uh, and he's a good special teams player. Probably going to put him on there. The question is, are you taking Matt Corral or Keaton Thompson? Well, first off, I'd rather take Jack Abraham if I could pick an all-Mississippi team. I'd rather go down yeah. to Southern and get their guy. Could have come well, to Ole Miss, Oxford kid. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know this or about him or not. I went to high school with his dad. He went to he went to St. Allen, Vicksburg. Wow. So I, I, know, I know his dad. You're old. But I am very old. Honestly, first off, with Keaton Thompson, he's not going to be the starter at State. So you're, what you're really asking is, do I want Matt Corral or Tommy Stevens? That's uh, true. I have a... I have about the same amount of, of film on both of them. Stevens was behind Trace McSorley at Penn State. I mean, it's really a toss-up for me. I would probably – I haven't seen Stevens in person, and I don't, you know, I don't know for sure how he's going to do down here in, in the SEC. So I guess I sort of – I'm not saying it's by default, but I would probably lean towards Matt Corral. I would pick Matt Corral because he's going to be starting for three years. And oh, if we're going that way, then yeah, yeah. Yeah, that and – offensively, we're going to surround him with a bunch of talent. Tylen Hill, Scotty Phillips, Jerrion Ely, wide receiver. Elijah Moore has to be in there somewhere. Starting slot guy. Yeah, he's the starting slot receiver. Now the tight end for Mississippi State, Farad Green, a big, big, big villain of Ole Miss, would yeah. probably start over Octavius Cooley. But defensively... Also Muhammad, my friend, don't, don't forget that, my, my buddy, Farad Green. Defensively, Muhammad Sanogo's at linebacker, Willie Gay's at linebacker. But if you're running a 4-3... Who's the third one? Is it Errol Thompson? Oh, it's, it's Errol Thompson over Willie Gay. Well, Errol Thompson, I, Errol Thompson is a first-team All-SEC linebacker. He's the middle linebacker with Sonogo and Willie Gay flanking him. On the outside, yeah. I would, I, that, I like that's, that. that is a formidable linebacking core. I like that. And Chauncey Rivers at defensive end. Uh-huh. Kadir Shepard probably at defensive end. Is that, is that the Ole Miss guy? Yeah. I, yeah. Would, I would put him in there with the tackles as Benito Jones. And then for State, it's sort of interesting. They lost Simmons. But they also lost Braxton Hoyette and Corey Thomas. They lost all their defensive tackles. So they got a lot of new faces there. So there's really not an MSU guy that you could throw in there and say, for sure, he's the starter. I, I might say Lee Autry, who's going to get the start. But honestly, 
and we were talking about this the other day on my podcast, that by the end of the season, I won't be completely surprised if guys like Fa- Fabian Lovett, uh, Nathan Pickering, and Jaden Crumity are getting the starts for Mississippi State inside. So we'd put Josiah Coatney in there potentially. Possibly. Is he, it, yeah. If he, yeah. he's a guy playing alongside uh, yeah. Benito Jones. Is Ole Miss running a 4 3 this year? Or They're running a 3 4. Okay. Josiah Coatney is a 3 4 defensive end now. Okay. So, and Benito's the nose? Yes. And Sam Williams and Kadir Shepard are standing up outside as outside linebackers. Not, Williams is not a bad player. No, he's a good player. Yeah. One of the top ranked JUCOs of the country, but you haven't seen him play yet. Right. I mean, I, I, but I, I know enough about him that it, there should be some excitement for him. Who are the most underrated players for Mississippi State and Ole Miss this year? Who breaks out? For State, it's got to be a wide receiver, right? It's got to be a guy. I mean, they have to do it. Maybe Devontae Jason. What an interesting guy in that four-star kid out of the state of Louisiana. State beat out some big programs to get him. Uh, got him away from LSU. Um, big, six foot three, two hundred twenty-pound receiver. I had every I had every thought that he would come in and be an immediate impact player. Not only did he not make an impact, he only caught three passes last year. They didn't redshirt him. I've talked about it a thousand times. Like I don't get it. He wasn't good enough to play a lot. He played a lot of special teams, but he wasn't good enough to play in the rotation and catch passes. But they didn't redshirt him. Why did they not let him play four games and then redshirt him? No idea. No idea. Moorhead said he was just valuable on special teams, and I was just thinking, you know, oh come on. That's what I, I I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to process him out. It doesn't make any sense. But the talent's certainly there. And if Stevens can be better throwing the football, maybe there's a chance for him to break out. So I would say him on offense and then on defense for State. I'll tell you, a guy who was playing really, really well a season ago and then he got injured was Brian Cole. Uh, the Juco safety came out of EMCC. And, of course, he's, you know, I get the Brian Cole Bebe uh, references with him. So he, he's really talented. I played at Michigan out of high school, had some, uh, I think some academic issues, dropped down to EMCC, was part of that, the, the second last chance U season, signed with Mississippi State. Uh, he's he's going to start at what uh, Bob Shoup calls the star. It's sort of, if you, if you want to go back. No, to Ole Miss Wilson. had the star last year. Well, State had the star last year, too. They ran a 4-2-5. Yeah, but Ole Miss had the real star. The real star? <laughs> there wasn't a real star on Ole Miss's defense last year, I promise. Brunch. Yeah, I, I got to get a couple shots in. Ole Miss, does Ely count? He's not underrated, but I mean, but I, I, I wouldn't put him in there because I don't think he's going to get the lion's shares of the carry. So if I had but to pick a breakout, they're going to find ways to get him the ball. I would think Ole Miss needs an offensive lineman to break out. Alex Givens' status is now completely in doubt. He's had back surgery. He's out for the opener, most likely, if not a lot longer. It's the same surgery that Tony Romo had. It's the one player Ole Miss could ill afford to lose, considering all it lost off the off the offensive line. Yeah. So Royce Newman, Eli Johnson, Bryce Matthews, they're all three-year players at Ole Miss, and yet they're considered veterans despite the fact that they've played limited snaps in the SEC. Yeah. But you're assuming they're going to be productive enough. Now who can step up and be the other guy? Ben Brown started every single game last year. You know he's an all-league caliber player potentially. But at right tackle Shout right now. St. Aloysius, by the way. Yeah, he did. Is that That's your right. spot? Yeah. yeah. 20-some-odd years apart, we played the same. There's two starting offensive linemen from St. Aloysius, 1A Academy football. I would have never guessed day. you're an offensive ben, lineman. Ben Brown, and, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> ben Brown and uh, Drake Dorbeck is the starting left tackle at USM. Oh, nice. Well, so, yeah. Ole Miss currently has at right tackle 280-pound Michael Howard, and they need— Converted tight end, right? Yes. I pay attention when Rippy talks. Really? That's impressive. Brian Scott Rippy works with— Brian Haydad at Sports Talk he's, Mississippi. He's the yin to my yang, the Ole Miss counterpart. 
So that's a big concern. But if I'm just picking a skill player offensively. To break out. Yeah. Miles Battle, wide receiver. I don't know anything about him. He's a former four-star player. He was the most coveted wide receiver in his recruiting class by Ole Miss wide receivers coach Jacob Peeler. And yet he struggled to make any type of impact last year. He's now stepping into a starting role. He has to make some catches. I could pick Braylon Sanders, but he's produced. We're talking about breakout stars. Defensively. Battle, who's he replacing, Brown or Metcalf? Metcalf. Okay, oof. Either one of those are big shoes to fill, but... Well, yeah. Jeez, man, I mean... I think what you're going to see is, by default, a more balanced offense. I think the offense will be less gimmicky, too, which will contribute to better production out there as far as yards and moving the ball and scoring when you get to the red zone, despite the fact that they lost so much talent. The offensive line is the biggest concern, but i got to pick one. I'm picking a skilled player. It's going to be Miles Battle. I would say Octavius Cooley, but I've been saying that for four years. And then defensively, I like Sam Williams. I like Lakia Henry. But I'm looking at the returning roster. And one guy that didn't get enough credit for how good he was as a true freshman is Keydron Smith. He's a cornerback. And he's got the build, and he's got the length, and he's got the makeup to be an NFL potential player. So I'm going to say Keydron Smith. Now, I have a terrible track record lately of picking breakout stars. So don't expect anything from either of those players because I'm terrible at picking them. Well, steal one from my uh, my cousin, Stephen Augustinelli, okay. who runs the six-pack message board. Because, you know, anybody can pick MVPs and freshmen. Who's your boy? Who's the player on the team you just like the most? Oh. If I had to pick, like, a guy that I just irrationally like, it might be Brian Cole. I really like him. Why is that? He's just good. I mean, and So the just, criteria for my boy is not necessarily personality. It it's, it's, could be just it, you like him for no reason. For but. no reason whatsoever, yeah. So Brian Cole or or I like Nick Gibson a lot. He's just first off, good guy with the media, good guy to talk to. That always goes a little a little. It does go a little further, but that's a guy he could have transferred and played elsewhere. He's a good, talented player, and he's had to sit the bench now behind Eris Williams and now behind Kylan Hill. He's a you know fifth year senior, and has never considered entering the portal or anything like that, to my knowledge. So you know we'll call him a good bulldog. So yeah, we'll go with that. Well, if we're just going by that criteria, you you love a player irrationally for no mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. It's Octavius Cooley. Okay. I've been calling for a breakout from Octavius Cooley since his senior year in high school. Yeah. I'm not getting off the wagon now. He made he like commi- three big plays committed. last year, and every time I made sure to gloat about it because when else can I do it? He committed to Ole Miss. I remember this. Like a couple hours after that Peach Bowl. When when they, they got y'all got drubbed by TCU, and we were, I remember state fans were just like, of course, of course they had some good news in the chamber ready to go in case it went south. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. With this particular rant, I might have another one later. If you could steal one player off of Ole Miss's roster, who would it be? <laughs> That's a good question. Before we get that answer from Brian, let me tell you real quickly about the Oxford Park Commission and Cheney's Pharmacy. The Oxford Park Commission is currently registering for youth flag football in the fall baseball season. Leagues are open for ages 6 to 12 in football and 6 to 15 in baseball. Cost to sign up for football is $50, while it's just $40 for baseball. Each sport will be played at FNC Park. For more details, visit www.oxfordparkcommission.com. That's www.oxfordparkcommission.com. 
For all your pharmaceutical needs, Cheney's Pharmacy is the place to go. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney's Pharmacy. Chinese Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. A year ago, that was the easiest question in the world to answer, by the way. It was, oh, AJ, it was Yeah, it's the guy you hate. AJ Brown, 100%. Um, this year, just, I mean, if, if Greg Little were still there, that would be an easy but he's not. answer. States is easy for Ole Miss. Who would you take? Darrell Williams. Take the center? Yeah. Yeah. See, and like Scotty Phillips, great player, but I mean, there's Kylan Hill, so I don't know. I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I'm gaining anything with that. <sighs> you said they need defensive linemen. Yeah, you might take Benito Jones just, just to just to shore that up. Just have a, a veteran guy who's played a lot. Yeah, Benito Jones is probably my choice. The reason why I say Darrell Williams is not because I don't think Eli Johnson can be a good center. I think he can. But that would allow for Eli Johnson to play guard if he needs to when Alex Givens yeah. goes down. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. Ole Miss has no depth along the offensive line. What's the biggest area of concern? If Ole Miss is the offensive line, what's the biggest area of concern for Mississippi State? It's defensive tackle. It's not even close. Uh, it's It's got to be defensive tackle. You just don't have any experience there hardly at all. You know, Lee Autry's played some. The other guy listed as a starter right now is Kendall Jones, who is a fifth-year senior who has never contributed, which, I mean, you you cover this. You How rare is that? that a fifth-year senior just emerges as a potential starter in the last year, and he's never done anything before. And then behind him, it's all young guys. Like I mentioned, there's going to be two redshirt freshmen and a true freshman battling for those spots. So, I mean, I think the talent is there, especially with the young guys. I like Lovett and Pickering was a, was a highly coveted recruit. Lovett and, and Pickering both could have – they could both be on Alabama's roster right now. They both could have committed there and signed there. But there's just no – there's nobody proven at all. And, you're, and not only that, but you're talking about you're going to replace maybe the greatest defensive lineman in Mississippi State history in Jeff Simmons. You know, and I mean, he just did so much. I don't think people realize sort of the same way it was with Kim Dietschy when he was in college. That they they, they funneled everything to they Rob. Made every, Montez Sweat got all those sacks because people were concerned with Jeff Simmons. Not that Montez Sweat's not a fantastic athlete and going to be a probably going to be a good pro, but no, you couldn't single block Jeff Simmons. That that just that was going to lead to disaster. So that allows a lot of one on ones for Sweat and for for other guys too. So yeah, defensive tackle for State. That's the biggest question mark. It's not even close. Now, when you look at these two teams, neither one of them conceivably has that much of a leg up on the other one in any particular position. You could make an argument for Ole Miss with running backs. You can make an argument for State with wide receivers, but you can just as easily make the same argument on the other side. Right. So. The strengths and weaknesses, where do they line up? Where is Ole Miss stronger? Where is State stronger? How do you compare them? State stronger at linebacker. Even with you know, Sonogo is really good, but State's got three guys that would probably start at Ole Miss. Thompson, Gay, and then Leo Lewis, as much as I know he's persona non grata up there. And in the secondary, State's, State's pretty strong. Cam Dantzler might be the – he's one of the top cornerbacks in the country. Uh, they got a ton of experience back there. A lot of guys have played. Ole Miss is probably stronger. Ole Miss is probably still stronger at wide receiver. Moore and Sanders have produced more than any of State's receivers have. On the O line, it, it's probably a push. 
Ole Miss is probably going to be stronger at defensive tackle, just especially the, the starters. You know, Joe, Benito Jones is just going to be – he's something that State doesn't have. It's an experienced defensive tackle. So Ole Miss is stronger there. And then at quarterback, until I, until I see Tommy Stevens in person, until I see what he can do, you have to give Matt Corral the, the advantage there for the time being. Even though we don't know what Matt Corral is. We know a little bit more about him than we know about Stevens. And really about Keaton. What do we know about Keaton? If, if I'm, especially if I'm saying it's Steve Corral versus Keaton Thompson, I got to take Corral. Because <laughs> Keaton Thompson hasn't shown any ability to be an accurate passer. I kind of feel bad for that guy. He would have been perfect in, under Mullen. Would have been a, not in terms of, of what he meant to the program, but could have put up Dak Prescott kind of numbers in Mullen's offense. He is, he's just not a fit for what Joe wants to do. And now that said, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen with Keaton because he still has a redshirt year available. So he technically could, if he loses the QB battle, redshirt this season and stake a ghost go with Jalen Maiden as the backup and Garrett Schrader will get his four games as well. And then Keaton could try to win it again in the, uh, the spring, which I mean, it could, it's possible. It could happen. I don't, I, you never know with those guys that they, they, they could just be happy at Mississippi state could have a girlfriend could be really close to graduating. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he, he, he and Fitz, Fitzgerald too. Fitzgerald was perfect for Mullen's offense. I think he would have had a big season last year had Mullen stayed. Would have been a much better passer because Mullen knew how to disguise his weaknesses as a passer. Moorhead tried to make him into more of a passer, and he, he just wasn't that. That's why when he if he does get it, stick with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he'll be doing so as that Taysom Hill, Cordell Stewart slash all-purpose kind of guy. He won't be just a quarterback at the at the next level. Most unrealized potential for Ole Miss. I hate to sound like a broken record, but <laughs> gotta be your guy, right? Octavius Cooley. <laughs> I could pick a few more, but that's my guy. Yeah. Who is the Octavius Cooley for you at Mississippi State? Y'all, y- y'all like this, Leo Lewis. Boom. <laughs> I mean, Leo Lewis was the number one linebacker in the country coming out of high school, right? Four star kid. Offers from everywhere, committed well, to Alabama. I mean, karma's a bitch. Well, are you done? I would suggest that you suck that. Okay. But and he, and he was terrific as a freshman. I can't, I, I mean, I think you'd have to agree. Regardless of what you think of Leo Lewis, he took a, a, a ton of social media beating. Completely justified. Are you, are you done? Yes. I, are you finished? Yes. I mean, and that has to wear on you at some point, especially you're a 19, 20 year old kid, right? Good. It, it, Sorry. I mean, you just let it go for God's sake. <laughs> you're worse than me. Okay. Do I have to but, bring up CJ Johnson? I don't know who that is. Exactly. Uh, I never tweeted at CJ Johnson, just for the record. I never tweeted uh, at Leo Lewis. Well, I'm just saying. But regardless of that, his play dropped off in his sophomore year. And I think a lot of that was due to the off the field stuff that surrounded him. I thought he played a little better last year. You know, but I was honestly, I went into last season thinking he was going to declare for the NFL almost no matter what, just because he would want to get away. He didn't. He came back. He's going to play his, uh, you know, his senior year. He's, he hasn't missed a game despite what some sources have told people, but he hasn't ever lived up to that potential. For uh, I see what so, you did there. Yeah, I got, I got my shot in. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see what he does as a senior. Weren't my sources. When you work with people, you just never know. Go ahead, though. <laughs> oh, I miss this guy we got to get some interviews and then come back and do more of this. Whatever this is, yeah. it's fun. It's college football. Finally, we have something to talk about. That's the this, thing that's been is, so this tough. This is the thing. And this is something that both fans on both sides of this miss. This is supposed to be fun. We're it used to, to be, be. enjoying. It used to be. And then y'all screwed it up. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you done? 
Yeah, I'm done. But yeah, okay. it's supposed to be fun. Let's let's talk some football. You got every every Ole Miss fan listening to this, and any state fans that are listening to this. You went to high school with a a, te- a fan of the other team. You're friends with a fan of the other team. Don't tell me you're not. And y'all talk about football. So let's just do it. If Brian Haydad can like me, y'all can like each other and be that's, nice. That's very true. Let's get to these interviews yeah. that you have. Up first on Talk of Champions is Ole Miss offensive line coach Jack Bicknell on the Modern Woodman phone line. But first, let me tell you quickly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. You guys know the story at this point. Recently, my wife's expedition was giving me all kinds of trouble. I was pouring money into it. I was fed up. So I called Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford on a whim before my daughter's t-ball game said, guys, I need a new car. And this is what I'm looking for. Ben, we got the perfect car. It's a van. It's a Chrysler Pacifica, which worked for me. It's the only van my wife was willing to drive. I said, cool, I'll be there in an hour. So I drove over. It was sitting there waiting for me. Loaded up, leather seats, car play. It's the best car I've ever bought, and that's no lie. That's what Brian and Mason and all the crew at Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford do. They cater to your needs. They take care of you. They'll give you a great deal. They did it for me. From new and used sales to parts and service, Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates them from every other dealership in Oxford or elsewhere is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. I can personally vouch for them. If you trust me, you can trust them. Tell them Talk of Champions sent you. They'd get a kick out of it. Hell, I'd get a kick out of it. To take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-234-8000. 662 662- Two three four eight thousand to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at twenty two oh one East University Avenue in Oxford. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. And now, it's Talk of Champions. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Check out my stuff on the Ole Miss Spirit OmSpirit.com. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman phone line, Ole Miss offensive line coach Jack Bicknell. Bick, football is back, man. How you feeling? Well, I'm excited about it. Can't wait to get going. Well, fall camp's opening up. The offensive line, a lot of focus there. Alex Gibbons is down. Don't know how long he'll be out. What are your thoughts entering practices? Well, hopefully uh, we get Alex back as soon as possible. And, and uh, it's just a real exciting year for us because we do have uh, some young guys that um, we're anxious to see how they do. You know, they've been here since May 28th. I'm talking about the true freshmen now, but you really can't tell much until you actually get the pads on. And that that's when, you know, you really find out about who can play the game of football. So that part of it's really exciting. And then, and then um, just being able to put together this offensive line and, and, and um, with a young group, we're, we're excited to get going. It's a fascinating group. Eli Johnson, Bryce Matthews, Royce Newman, all starting first time starters. And yet they've been in the program for three years. Um, so for that group, do you treat them like newcomers or at this point, are they veterans to you? It's time to just step up and produce. Yeah, no, those guys are veterans. I mean, they, they've, they've been around a long time. They haven't played a lot, but they have, um, they have gotten into games and, um, you know, of course Eli's had some injury, uh, things that have held them back a little bit, but, um, those guys know what they're doing and, and, um, they're ready to go. And it, just like you said, I consider them veterans for sure. Ben Brown, he started all last year as a freshman. How has he come along in the offseason? How can he get better? Where, what did you see from him last year, and what are the areas improvement for you? 
Well, I think with Ben, um, such a great kid. He's got great character. He's smart. Um, so, you know, that, that last year really helped him because when you're, you know, it'd be different if everyone, if every defense would just stay right where they're at, it'd be a lot easier to play offensive line. But, uh, the things that Ben had to learn last year and the new guys had to learn this year is, uh, some of the things that happened out there was stemming and, you know, blitzes and D line movements and things and how to react to those things. So that's where I think Ben is much improved and it'll be much better, uh, going into this year. You know, he's a strong guy, but he's gotten even stronger. I think the biggest thing with Ben is just continue to improve his feet and, and uh, athletic ability, which he's been working hard on all offseason. What's the hardest thing for a first-time starter that you can't really replicate in practice? They have to see it in the game. What, what's the toughest blitz scheme or, or look that they actually have to experience? You can't really show them that much in practice. You know what? I think it's number one, uh, the speed of the game, you know, especially for guys coming from high school, you know, it, it, it's just so fast and, and being able to react to the speed and the, the strength of, with what they're doing it. Um, and then I think it's just a collection of everything that can happen. You know, you can take a look at one blitz or one scheme and, and, you know, probably get pretty good at that. But, you know, the, when we get into actually get into the games, each week's going to be different. Obviously, we don't get to ask them what they're going to do, so we've got to react to some change-ups that they give you. And when you play four and five years, uh, that's not as big a deal to you because you've had, obviously, all those reps and you've kind of seen it all. Um, you know, this year will be a little bit different in the sense that we'll have to react to those things, and, and um, I think that'll be a challenge for especially the young guys. I've gone this long without asking about it, but with Alex down, if he's not able to play against Memphis. Michael Howard's currently slotted to start at right tackle, but is he the only option? Who are the players that could vie for a spot? How do you replace him if he's not available for you at Memphis? Yeah, no, we got a, we've got a few players, you know, um, Mike Howard's gained 20 pounds. He looks great. Came in at 280 pounds, which is frankly the heaviest he's been since his career. Um, and we're real excited about that. Um, you know, we've got two freshmen that we really like in Nick Broker and Jeremy James coming in. Uh, they'll be they'll be competing right away to get some playing time, um, and then we've also uh, Royce Newman is playing guard right now. But if we if we get a guard that comes along and he um, if there's an offensive guard that we feel like can play, then we could possibly move Royce to tackle. He, there's no question that he could play it. So um, there's definitely some opportunities there, and there's there's definitely some options. We just have to see, you know, which guys are going to kind of take over and. Um, adjust the offensive line from there. Jalen Cunningham was a guy that y'all were excited about when you signed him. Where is he right now? Is he where you need him to be? What are you looking for him to do so where he could get into that and potentially make a move to potentially play? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that has unbelievable physical ability. Um, and the biggest thing for him is just learn exactly what he's doing and then also get the technique down as precisely as we need it. And so – um, and frankly, you know, just to make sure that he gets in the best shape as he, that he can. There's been times where he's been a little bit heavy, so he's looking good right now. He's a guy that we're real excited about. He's still only just a redshirt freshman, so um, that's still young in the development years of an offensive lineman uh, for some guys. So I can't wait to get out there on the field with him and, and see what he could do because he's a guy that physically, no question, can match up against the best players in the league. Blocking-wise and schematically-wise for the offensive line, is there much difference from Phil Longo to Rich Rodriguez? You know what? It, it's not a lot of difference, but there is some. Uh, 
you know, it's, it's in some areas, there's more of an emphasis on different plays or, uh, you know, but a lot of it's the same. It, it's just that, uh, you know, there's some different things that we're doing that um, are a little bit different than Phil's offense, but, you know, for the most part, it's, it's blocking attack. I mean, it's blocking and taking the right steps and doing those kind of things. So in a lot of ways, it's similar. Um, obviously the terminology is different. That's been a challenge for guys to, uh, make sure they understand the terminology also. Ole Miss lost the most starters of any offensive group in the SEC. How did they come along in spring? And do you think going into fall camp, the offense is where it needs to be to where it can just pick up and build towards Memphis, if that makes sense? Absolutely. Um, you know, I thought they did a great job in the spring. It was an important spring for us, of course, just to make sure we had the, uh, you know, just what we were talking about, some of the new things we're doing and the terminology down and things and. I thought they they worked extremely hard in the spring. It was a good spring, and now we're we're at a point now where um, you know we've just got to continue to progress along where we've got to get to be. And and um, I think we've got a great room in there. They're hungry. They're excited about it. And um, it's going to be really really fun to get out there in the field so we can see where we're at. You've been here for three years now, but I've always wanted to ask you this. So back when Matt Luke went looking for an offensive line coach, he gets a call from Eli Manning. He said, hey, you need to talk to this guy. And he's speaking about Jack Bicknell. What was that hiring process for you? It was unique. It was right during fall camp, right when it was getting started. And here you come in and have to coach a position group. What was that process like? Well, it was just an amazing deal. You know, uh, I had been with the Dolphins, was out of a job, probably turned down a few jobs that probably should have taken. And then before you knew it, it was July. I didn't have a job and, and just to be able to get a job in this business in July is unbelievable anyways. And, you know, just the way it all fell in place, uh, Jacob Peeler was on the staff and I had coached him and recruited him at Louisiana tech. And then, uh, Eli Manning was huge too, because I was with him, uh, at the giants and coach Luke talked to Eli. So it was, it was such a blessing for me that everything fell into place and it's, it's such a great place. And, um, you know, it was kind of crazy that first year. I mean, I literally, uh, took the job on a Friday afternoon by the time I figured out I got it and then <laughs> on Monday was, was the first day that year. So, um, where the guys were reporting in. So it was, it was a whirlwind for sure, but, um, it, it was, uh, a lot of fun and, and it's something that, you know, will meet, such so much to me just because the fact that I was out of a job so it means even more to get this job it had to be an adjustment for you you were used to coaching men I mean these were pros these guys treated it like a job uh, what was the difference there when you come in on that Monday and now you got some kids that are just figuring themselves out and things out football wise what did you have to adjust you know it's it's uh it's, it's still the same game it really is I think that uh in the NFL, there's less motivation, talking about motivation and trying to get guys going. You know, they're kind of grown men that come in motivated. So that was a little bit of an adjustment to understand that these guys, you know, you've got to think more about motivation, getting them ready to practice. Um, you know, and then the other thing that you had to adjust to was just everything that, that they have to go through during the day. You know, in the NFL, you don't have a guy that's worried about an English class or, uh, you know, history tests or whatever. And, so that was that was uh, that was a little bit of adjustment, but at the end of the end of the day, it's still the same game. You know, the same mistakes are still made at that level. Um, and when I, when I first was in college, before I went to the NFL, people would say, "Well, they don't really much worry much about technique," but it's the exact opposite. You know, they're they're hungry for 
technique and they've got to be precise in their technique. And so in that sense, um, you know, coming back to the college game, it, it really helped me. I think as far as, you know, I mean, when you go to the NFL, it's almost like getting your doctorate. I mean, obviously I work with some great coaches and, and it's football 24 hours a day. So that really helped me technique wise for sure. Well, I got to tell you before I let you go. And I've said this to Eli as well. I'm a Cowboys fan, been with my entire life. I have a tendency to be mad at Giants people. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, you got to get a new team. I mean, that's that's uh, that's the for sure. Giants are where it's at for sure. Oh God, I'm, I'm going to have to change your mind at some point, but I don't think I'll be able to. He's Jack Bicknell, Ole Miss no. offensive line coach. Thanks for doing this, man. Best of luck with fall camp, and we'll talk again. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. That was Ole Miss offensive line coach Jack Bicknell. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Brian Haydad sitting in the guest co-host chair. We're going to go back to the Modern Woodman phone line in just a second to talk to Ole Miss defensive line coach Freddie Roach. But first, I wanted to welcome in Thomas Chandler. You know Thomas. He's that voice you hear constantly representing Modern Woodman. But I want you to get to know him yourself. See what I see. Thomas, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me on today. I've been talking about you for a while now. To be on the podcast, tell the people what exactly you guys do. Well, Ben, we're a financial services company that really focuses on holistic financial strategies. All that means is that we're wanting to look at a person's entire financial situation, help them plan for whatever stage of life they're in, but then also for whatever's coming down the road, whether that's retirement, saving for kids or grandkids college, starting a new business, et cetera. Okay, if I were just a random person listening to this podcast right now, Thomas Chandler, convince me why I should sign up, why I need to go with you. Yeah, so I mean, I think the easiest thing to justify that would be that we're a fraternal financial services company. What that means is we're actually set up as a not-for-profit. We don't have shareholders. And a lot of the money that companies would normally pay in taxes, we get to give back to our community. So for example, right now, I've adopted 10 first-year teachers, and I'm going to be able to go and buy school supplies for them to start their classrooms off. Uh, our team here in North Mississippi gave back right at $840,000 last year. So, I mean, we have a heart for the community, have a heart for helping people. And really the difference that that makes for you as a client is going to be the fact that we can lower your fee structure, maybe even eliminate that on investment accounts. The products that we have, such as life insurance, are going to have rates that are lower than a lot of our competitors. So we're able to save a lot of that money and then pass that on to the clients while also giving back to the community. All right. But what about you personally? Like what's your area of focus or specialty? Well, for the past three years, I've really focused on retirement income planning. I love people uh, helping people, you know, realize that dream of retirement, making sure that they have options in retirement. But I've recently transitioned. I'm actually in a managing partner role now. So my main job now is recruiting. And so we're looking to hire people here in North Mississippi, uh, really all over North Mississippi. And so folks that are tired of that nine to five job, want a little more flexibility, or maybe they've reached their income potential and they're looking for something a little better, or maybe just people that want to give back and help other people. I'm also a pastor at a church in Pontotoc County, and I found that my work with Modern Woodman has really been an extension of that ministry because I'm able to help people in a really practical way. So I'm looking to hire new folks. If anybody's interested, they know how to contact me. So is Ole Miss going to win six games next year? Man, I'm hoping so. I'm going to be there cheering them on. We're going <laughs> to have our fingers crossed. I'm excited about the new uh, coordinators, ready to see Rich Rod's offense in, in action. So we're going to pull for them, man. So wait, you're a pastor. How can you watch Game of Thrones and not feel dirty? Oh, man, I love it. It's good, man. It's intrigue. We know it's not real, 
And uh, I love reading the books too. I'm actually more excited about him finally finishing the books one day. I hope that he doesn't die before that happens. You poor, poor, (laughs) poor man. If you really think he's going to finish those books. (laughs) Yeah. He's going to leave us all hanging and uh, we're going to have to have some fan fiction or something to finish it out. I think me and Mr. Daniel are going to finally have to sit down and finish this, but I don't want to. Yeah. You guys definitely need to uh, finish out the podcast with the, (laughs) <laughs> the spoilers and everything. I just, I just don't. I just don't want to. But I'm going to do it. And Thomas Chandler's going to take care of you. So make sure to contact him. Hit him up. He sponsors this podcast. He's a good dude. He'll take care of you. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. As always, hotty toddy. Going back to the Modern Woodman phone line to talk to Freddie Roach, Ole Miss defensive line coach. Ole Miss fall camp practices have opened. It's here. The season opener against Memphis just a month away. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman phone line is Freddie Roach. Ole Miss defensive line coach. Freddie, it's back started, man. Football is here. How you doing? I'm good, man. It's here. So we uh very excited about the opportunity we have and ready to get going. What's the vibe like over there? Is there excitement? I'm sure there is with every starting season, but what's different about this year? Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of guys that are, are obviously older and more mature. And uh, just the opportunity to go uh, play in the postseason is, is big. But just the task at hand, man. These kids are excited. We're excited we looking forward to get to work. For fall camp for the defensive line, what are the areas of emphasis? What are you most focused on? Uh, just back to the basics. Man. I, I told the guys after spring and before they went on the break, you know, we're going we're gonna to start over as if we've never done it before. Uh, we're going to perfect our craft. And, uh, you know, we're going to focus on the journey, not the destination. And uh, we're going to keep building day in and day out. And that, that's, that's, that's how we're going to approach it. And, be the best front we can possibly be what's the difference going to a three four as a defensive line coach you're going from a four three you're used to having more guys in your room what's it like now for you it's actually good you know it's it's trimmed down from a few not a whole bunch um you're dealing with bigger and heavier guys which it's it's, it's good you know the most of the defensive ends have went outside now and um you know technique wise it changed a whole bunch responsibility it does for the most part but again it's something like that we're able to adapt to it. Again, we just continue to try to build everything. For Josiah Coatney, when he moves out to a 3-4 defensive end, how does his responsibility change from where he was as an interior defensive lineman? Uh, it, it's really not that big uh, of a difference. Uh, he's still in charge of uh, the, the B-gap and technique. It changes a little bit, but for the most part, these kids have been taught as if there were 3-4 players anyway. Um which which is good. So they were able to adjust, and um, and again, they've been great. They've they've um, they took the bull by his horns, and again, we're, we're focused on the journey, all the steps we got to take up until, and you know, at the end, we'll look back and and, and see what happens. But we're gonna take it step by step, go to the snail space, and try to get better, you know, day in day out. The nose guard is so important in a three four. Benito's listed as the number one guy right now. What's he done to adjust to that? How has he adjusted to that? Have you been pleased with his progress? He's done well. Uh, he's banged up a little bit. But not only him, the whole group has done a good job. Again, we're, we're, we want to be unselfish, and we want to fit our pieces of the puzzle. Um, we're, we're a large piece of the puzzle, but we have guys behind us that are, uh, are there to help us fix ours. But we, what we want to do is just keep a status quo and let those guys be comfortable that we're going to do our job and do it consistently. So, um, but all those guys, Sincere, KD Hill, Bivens, all those guys have played nose for us and made strides. So 
you know, again, we're excited about it and uh, they're anxious to get out there to practice. When you look at the defense overall, it was such a forgettable year last year. Where can this team go? Obviously, it can improve. It should improve just by returning starters, new scheme, all that kind of stuff. But what else can contribute to that? Does mentality and attitude, does that matter? I think so. I think so. And and and, and, and looking at it from my perspective, again, we just got to start over from scratch. Um, you know, whether they've done the techniques before or not, you know, again, we're, we're going to focus on the journey and we're going to take all the necessary steps uh, it's going to take to become what we need to become as a front. And uh, that's our focus. We're focusing on what we have to do to get better uh, and the things that we can do to improve this team. All right, so what is Freddie Roach like when he's coaching his guys? Are you in there with him? Are you mixing up with him? I mean, you are a pretty good pass rusher, too. Now, you played linebacker at Alabama. But what do you like when you're doing with these kids? Do you have to put your hand in the dirt and show them that, guys, I can still do this better than you? <laughs> Look, the older I get, the more weight I can. <laughs> the, less, the less I can get in the dirt. But um, you got to be smart these days. Of course, these guys are bigger. And I tell them a lot of them, they're a lot more athletic than I ever was. And they'll be able to accomplish a lot more. But it's been fun, man. I tell you, to see these kids grow up, you know, this is going to my third season. And I had these guys when they were, sophomore and freshman. So, um, you know, a lot of coaches are not uh, fortunate enough to be able to see them grow. And to be able to do that here at Ole Miss has, has been a, a true blessing. And that's that's probably the biggest thing I'm excited about is what you've been teaching for years. It's finally clicking and you see guys improving. And we're ready to build on it. That's what I was going to ask you next. You're now settled in at Ole Miss. This is year three for you. Um, when you came over, this was the biggest job you've gotten so far what's the difference been for you how have you grown into now being a tenured coach to where this is not uh, a new thing for you anymore you've been in it you've been in the wars yeah and I, i'm probably ignorant to the fact I, I literally don't look at surroundings or situations or how many years or you know how big the, the job is i know that you know i, I try to stay in my little bubble uh along with my players and try to teach them you know we worry about what we gotta worry about and you know, everything else is controlled by someone else. And uh, it's been good. It's been a challenge, uh, you know, and you learn along the way. And I think the biggest thing you take from last year and previous years is to go back to the basics and harp on the little things. And, again, I keep saying it, um, we're going to focus on the journey, uh, not the destination. I think uh, not only the kids do that, I think adults do it as well. They look at the big picture instead of all the little things you got to do in between to get to where you want to be in life. And, that's how we're going to approach it. And uh, I look forward to, to seeing uh, what happens with it. You're such a big part of recruiting for Ole Miss, a dynamic recruiter on the trail. What's the difference now? It's pretty obvious, but what's the difference now when you go out there and you're selling Ole Miss compared to the previous two years when Ole Miss was dealing with all that stuff? Uh, yeah, and then obviously I think the past, you know, it had an effect on it. But at the end of the day, you got to develop relationships and you got to go out and put the product that uh, kids want to see on the field. And, you know, again, we've, we've gotten back to work with Luke wants us being recruiting and we're heading the right direction. But, you know, again, you got a bunch of guys on the staff that, you know, they take pride in it and we're excited about where we're going. And, you know, again, our job is to get this program back where it should be and I think we're heading that direction. I know you don't recruit specifically just for your position group. Y'all do territories to where um, y'all recruit different Correct. areas. But when you do go look and scout – a defensive lineman to fit what you're looking for, what Ole Miss is looking for. What are the main criteria for you? 
you know, we, I, I think the biggest thing we want powerful and physical guys, um, especially in, in the in the front we're playing now, the defense playing now. That's a need. We got to be able to stop the run or have guys that are can hold up inside. And you know, uh, obviously you got guys who look for twitch and guys with length and and all that good stuff, but. At the end of the day, you know, you need football players and you need football players that love the game of football. And and that's the biggest, most important part. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's 6'7 and 305 and love the game of football, then you're in trouble. So, um, you know, Tyler Siski and the, the recruiting staff do a good job of evaluating guys. And then as a staff, we have to evaluate them. So, look, we, we want to put the best product on the field, um, whether it's in the future or now. And, you know, we, we have a we have a way of doing that, and it's, it's worked pretty good. We're just we're excited about the opportunity, both on and off the field, uh, whether it's with our current team or guys that we're recruiting. So, um, really, really a good time to be Ole Miss Rebel. All right, so Ladarius Cox, Patrick Lucas, these newcomers, Brandon Mack, defensive linemen that were signed. What do you like about them, and how can they get into the system? And if they want to make an impact immediately, what do they got to do to impress Freddie Roach? Well, I think what you do is, first of all, what you look at is how big they are and how long those kids are. Uh, and, you know, I mentioned I, I mentioned powerful and physical, and, you know, obviously we want to pursue the football, but you see size and length, and consistency is the biggest thing. Um, not necessarily focus on being a starter or focusing on, uh, you know, making all SEC. Let's focus on what you got to do today. And then when tomorrow comes, we'll focus on tomorrow. So, I'm not, you know, I'm not going. I know they're they're young guys, but they've got to come in and be productive for us. But I want them just to try to be the best they can be uh, at a snail's pace. And you know, by the time game one rolls around, you know, we'll evaluate them, and you know, I look forward to seeing how they respond. All right, last one. It's a nerdy scheme question, but I'm curious. How do the responsibilities as far as pass rushing change for defensive linemen? in a three, four, like the ends and the nose tackles, is it more allowing space and opening up space for linebackers and outside guys like Kadir and Sam Williams to get to the quarterback, holding up that space, or do they themselves actually get to get to the quarterback too? Yeah, well, they can also get there. I mean, what you see is obviously in that front, you're more run down there to be able to stop the run. Now, obviously, all those guys have to be able to, be able to convert and rush the passer. Um regardless of what the circumstances are. And, uh, you know, it's tough. I mean, just playing that position, you, you one, you got to stop the run, which is the most important part. And two, you got to transition and affect the passer um, to have the guys behind you out. But could it be difficult? Yes, at times. But, again, if, if you're playing on the half of a man and you got your eyes in the right place and you're doing all the little things uh, that we're going to talk about doing since from day one on, then it makes it a little easier. But, Again, we have our work cut out. Does it get tougher sometimes? Yeah, but uh, we we got the guys that are, are capable of doing it. All right, before I let you go, you got to settle something for me. Tyrone and Derek were both on this podcast. Both of them mentioned that you and Tyrone, y'all can bench a pretty good bit. Tyrone still thinks he can take you. Can you take Tyrone? Who outbenches who? Look, he's old and decrepit. <laughs> uh, now, he looks better than what he really looks like. But I will say for old man, he's a bad looking dude. Okay. But he's done good. He's been my he's been my, my workout buddy since he walked in the door and six AM rolled around, I can depend on him being there. So it's been good to have him here. All right, who's got the longest drive in golf? Can you at least outdrive him? Can he outdrive you? What's what's yeah, up? Yeah, he can't hit a golf ball with a with a <laughs> with a two by four. 
Ah, oh, he's Freddie Roach, Ole Miss defensive <laughs> line coach. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk again. No problem. Take care of yourself. That was Ole Miss defensive line coach Freddie Roach. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Talk of Champions is powered by BNA Bank. I don't know about you, but I want my banking made simple. And I certainly want to trust the people who've got my money. Well, if you're like me, BNA Bank is where you need to go. Maybe you're a student just starting out. You don't know much about personal banking or business banking, loan services. Well, I tell you who does. BNA Bank, be it Mike Staten, Bo Collins, Vance Witt, my buddy Bob Spencer. These are friends of the podcast. Ole Miss fans, sure, but more importantly, they care about you. They're going to take care of you. They're going to make sure that your banking experience is done flawlessly, comfortably, and with trust and respect. With a five-star rating from Bauer Financial and an excellent rating from Weiss Ratings, BNA Bank is recognized as one of the strongest financial institutions in the country. But where can you find them? How about bnabank.com? Or give them a call, 662-534-8171. 662-534-8171. BNA's main office and two branch offices are located in New Albany, my hometown, with another branch located in Myrtle, two branches in Tupelo and Lee County, Mississippi, and one loan production office in Oxford. Where you put your money matters. And the only place to put your money, the only place that Ben Garrett puts his money is BNA Bank. So check them out, bnabank.com, 662-534-8171. There's no other place. They've helped me, they'll help you. Tell them Ben Garrett to Talk of Champions sent you. And now, back to Talk of Champions. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Today's guest co-host is Brian Haydad. You can check him out on Super Talk Mississippi. He covers Mississippi State. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, Talk of Champions, and iTunes, also available wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the OM Spirit, OMSpirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. So over the next month, what are you most going to be paying attention to in this rivalry? Well, first off, I want to give your listeners a, a tip. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going there. I'm not talking about that. Oh, okay. But when you rate Ben's podcast, just give him five stars. You can put in the review whatever you want. I hate Ben. Ben's the worst person yeah. ever. Put yep. whatever you want, but five stars. Right. And then we don't care. I, I tell people that all the time on yep. Thunder and Lightning. I've got all five-star reviews. I don't yep. know if I have – I don't read the, the – I don't read comment sections, but you never know. You can criticize my beard I'm growing right now. Beard and growing are very, <laughs> very loosely interpreted in this uh, – All right, here's discussion. what's happening, folks. This is true. Okay. Yeah. I am 32 years old. I have never. I should tweet this picture. <laughs> yes, yeah. I have never been able to grow facial hair. You're also redheaded. That makes it difficult. I yes. Imagine. So I decided, with my wife's blessing, that I was not going to shave and just see where what does grow. He did it to it mock ends, you. Yeah, I wanted to see where it ends up, and I sent Brian a picture of what's happened while we were doing that interview that you just listened to, and. <laughs> That's what he's laughing about. That's what I was laughing about coming back in. <laughs> I said he looked like an aspiring pedophile. Yeah. He's not quite. He's not quite there yet. It's bad. It's bad. Really bad. I'm not stopping. And speaking as a man who has a, a beard and has had one for years, I, I'm so I jealous bad. of it. I, I want you to be in our fraternity, but you are not off to a good start. If I don't shave, how long will it take me to get an actual beard? At the rate you're going, yes. 2023. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at this rate, how long will it take Joe Moorhead, Matt Luke, to get to a meaningful bowl? 
What's a meaningful bowl? Are we talking about the New Year's one of the New Year's bowls? One of the let's just say the Cotton Bowl is the standard. Oh gosh, uh, Music City I mean, Bowl, Gator Bowl, all that stuff you can throw it in the same pot. Pull so out whatever. One of the access bowls. One sure, the, we're in the playoff rankings in the top ten, and we're slotted into this thing. Um, it wasn't so long ago. Mississippi State was number one in the country, and Ole Miss was number three. Oh, you're right. It wasn't that long ago that Haley's Comet flew across the sky. That was, you know, 1980-something or other, and we'll see it again in 2058 or something. If only and, Mississippi State and Ole Miss fans could have realized at the time, leave each other alone, keep yeah. doing this, because this is what you've always wanted it to be. Yeah. Uh, for, for Moorhead, it depends on, you know, because Stevens is just a one-year guy. He's grad transfer, he's gone. So are the quarterbacks he's recruiting – going to be able to run this system. He's got Garrett Schrader on campus, who was a four-star kid out of North Carolina. He's got Will Rogers committed out of Brandon. Uh, you know, so if those quarterbacks can run this system, I mean, State's always going to have running backs, and defensively, State has recruited really well. they got a lot of talent stockpiled over there. So they, they got the, the pieces to stay relevant, but it's just what they can do in the passing game. Next year is the year, you know, 2020, the way state schedule works, they always play LSU, Alabama, Ole Miss on the road in the same season. This year it's at home. So next year you have your, your sort of your toss-up games at home, which are A&M, Arkansas, and Auburn. Uh, so, you know, it gives you a better chance to win. That's what happened in 14. You played those teams uh, in Starkville. You also got lucky. In, you were not lucky, but you beat, you beat LSU on the road. Uh, I don't know states. I think state has Missouri at home next year. That's their other East game, and they'll travel to Kentucky. If states, you know, can can continue to improve, next year could be a year. Twenty twenty could be a year where if the, you play your cards right, I mean, you're probably going to lose to LSU and Alabama, and and the Egg Bowl is always a, a toss up, and it's going to be in Oxford, which is funny. State has, you know, I remember doing a podcast with you, I think before the fifteen Egg Bowl, and we we just went on and on about how oh the home team always wins, and since then the home team has not won. Yep, uh, it's all our fault. We jinxed it. Congratulations for uh for this year. So next year, I mean, they could. It's it's just a question: Can you get to nine wins? Nine wins in the SEC probably has you into a. You know, Florida was nine and three last year. They played in the Peach Bowl. Uh, you know, Auburn was eight and four a couple of years ago and played in the Sugar Bowl. You don't have to be ten and two, eleven and one to play in these games. So can you get to nine wins in twenty twenty? Maybe, maybe with State for Ole Miss. I think the road's a little harder. Uh, you know, because it's going to take a while to, to to build that roster back up. But there's no reason by. Uh, they're, they're going to hate to hear that. But 2021, 2022, they can't be back in contention for those kind of games, assuming that, they, you know, they, they continue to recruit well. They stockpile some depth. And, you know, if Mac, especially if, you know, Corral's a, he's a redshirt freshman, right? So if in 2021, when he's a junior, he should be one of the top quarterbacks in the SEC. And if you have that, I mean, that's like half the, the formula right there. If you've got a great quarterback, you're in good shape. You know, you're going to win games. I can say this because I'm on the other end of it. Mm -hmm. But I don't have much faith that Joe Moorhead can lead them back to that area. I don't think he can get back to number one. I think that was a flash in the pan. And, and Well, I, I meant more of... And or Ole Miss will be lucky to ever get there again. I, I think if Ole Miss and or State gets back into the top ten with any regularity, if just once every ten years, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that next time doesn't come with someone else leading both of those programs. Well, I definitely wouldn't be surprised by that either, especially at Ole Miss, where I, I, I believe this, and I don't. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but if Ole Miss had its leadership structure in place, if there was a chancellor and an athletic director in play, place, a bad season for Matt Luke would probably get him to show him the door, wouldn't you think? 
That's a great question. It depends on how you look at it and in what lens you're looking into it. I'll look at it and they go three and nine lens. If they look, go three and nine, regardless of who's in charge, there is going to be a real debate amongst the Ole Miss fan base and those money people and the people that make those decisions as to whether or not they can continue this way. But yeah. this recruiting class that Matt Lucas put together so far is really strong, needs to be stronger. Even with being 17th in the country, that's good for, what, 6th, 7th in the SEC? Yeah. If he doesn't win or show real progress going 5-7 and seven last year with the talent they had on offense to turn around and then fall to 3-9, and nine, what can you sell? Does anybody in the country have a more important opening game than Ole Miss? I don't know enough about the other team's schedules, but I will say... I mean, the only one that comes to mind is, is Auburn-Oregon. Ole Miss can't lose to Memphis if it expects to do anything in 2019. Because if you lose to Memphis and then you lose to Arkansas, all of your fan base is gone. And Cal is good on defense. They they can't score a lot, but they're good defensively, which is amazing because Peter Sermon coaches there. But that is – the potential is there to lose that game as well. Sure. There's no game on the schedule outside of New Mexico State. Where you go, oh, for it's sure, it's they those, got that. They're the FCS team, right? The Southeast yeah. Louisiana. So well, those yeah, two, that team. Yeah, those two teams. Where, but those, those are the, are only, the only, games. only two games that aren't at best coin flips for Ole Miss. Right. And Memphis, that, isn't, Memphis isn't any good. They're not good. But they can score. But they, they can, can score. score points. Mm-hmm. And, that, and you, know, you know as well as I do that that's going to be a, a beehive to walk into. Oh, for sure. All of their fans are going to be you know high for that game, maybe both literally and figuratively. <laughs> and I mean, it's their Super Bowl. It's their Super Bowl. Everybody likes to talk about, you know, Ole Miss fans like to make the whole, oh, state season is all about the Egg Bowl. Memphis's season is all about that game. They want to win that. They would take one and eleven to get that win. I think. Let's predict the Egg Bowl. The way too early prediction for Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Who do you got? You got to pick right now. Before that answer from Brian, real quickly, let me tell you about the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood. What do we know about living in Oxford right now? One, it's expensive. And two, if you live on one side of town and you want to go to the other side of town, it takes an hour to get through traffic. We're all jammed, packed in like sardines in this town. But have no fear. The Lamar, Oxford's only traditional neighborhood, is under construction. Brought to you by John Welty Realty. And I can already hear it. I can hear your first question. What's a traditional neighborhood? A traditional neighborhood means right where you live. A grocery store, a brewery, restaurants, shops, all within walking distance of your front door. How many times has it happened? You're trying to relax, have a nice afternoon by yourself. You open the refrigerator and immediately you get that sense of doom and gloom because you have to go to the grocery store. And that means a three hour trek across town. When you live at the Lamar, the grocery store is but a quick breezy walk from your front door. But what about the houses? I walk through them. They're custom high-end spec houses. Beautiful finishes, open concept, modern two-story houses. If you're looking for a three-bedroom, a two-bedroom, a one-bedroom, you'll find a fit with any of these three spacious layouts. I myself was blown away. I told John, John, this is where I want to live. So don't delay. Get in with the Lamar right now. Build-out is happening. Get your spot. Secure your place. For more information, contact John Welty at john at johnweltyrealty.com. That's john at johnweltyrealty.com. Or give him a call at 662-23-HOMES. 662-23-HOMES. And now, back to Talk of Champions. I got to take State, even even though we just talked about the home team hasn't been winning. But I, I don't I don't 
think that Ole Miss is going to be very much better defensively. And State can just run the football at them. Kylan Hill, can, they, they'll just be better up, up front, and they'll run the football and control the clock and, and win the game. If I had to pick right now, I would lean towards State. But I can make an argument for Ole Miss oh, yeah. if certain things fall right. The question marks for Ole Miss, for example, match up well with the question marks for Mississippi State. If Ole Miss's offensive line is the question mark and State's defensive line is the question mark, well, that's a wash. Yeah, I think Rich Rod's offense is going to do a lot of good. Will it be able to mask the deficiencies? I don't know. But Matt Corral, he has to be good from jump. But if Matt Corral isn't what they need him to be, they can't win that game. But let's right. surmise that Matt Corral's four-game trial run last year, offseason and spring of being the quarterback, whatever – He's just going to hit the ground running and take off. Well, now that changes the narrative for me. Defensively, what does improvement mean for Ole Miss? They were in the hundreds in most every major statistical category last year. If they're 80th, that's a significant improvement. But is that enough to get you to six wins to beat Mississippi State, which is a team you would have to beat in order to get to that number? You got to beat Memphis. You got to beat Arkansas. You got to beat Cal. You got to beat New Mexico State. You got to beat State or Vanderbilt. Yeah. Today, I'm probably picking state based on recent success, but it's a toss up. It's a coin flip. And that's what makes this year in the state in college football more interesting than previous years, because like when Ole Miss and state were in the top three together, it's not that way anymore. But it's the first time in years that they're both on an even playing field, almost as far as personnel is concerned. I think State still has some, some advantages, especially defensively. Yeah. Because I mean, even though the, the, the last year the number one defense in the country, this year, and this is what I've said, if State is just better offensively, they don't have to be number one. They can be in the top 30 defensively and, and still be really, really good. The stat I keep bringing up on, on my pod is this. If State had scored 29 points in every game, and you know, 20, I mean, in this day and age college football, 29 points is not a lot of points. Not. You know, you got Sounds big, but it's not. It's not. But they would have gone undefeated. At 29 points in every game. They would have won every game they played. So, Does I mean, that not bring about a long-term worry or concern as far as Joe Moorhead comes in? He's supposed to be the offensive guru, and they struggle. That's why this year is interesting to me. Because you could, if, if, if Tommy Stevens doesn't come in, you could still say, well, we, we got to let Moorhead get a quarterback in that, that fits his system. These guys were recruited to play for Mullen, so on and so forth, right? Stevens eliminates that. Stevens played at Penn State, knows the Moorhead system. That is a Joe Moorhead quarterback. So if the offense isn't good this year, next year it becomes very <laughs> – I mean, I don't know that he would be out after three years, but if he's not – you know, if they're getting worse every year, you got to move quick. Well, that's how it is with coaches. It's the same thing with Matt Luke. Yeah. And not only that, and you know this, I'm sure it's the same way in Oxford, but you drive around Starkville and there are these condominium developments everywhere, people paying $500,000 for a condo. Oh my God, Ole Miss is busting at the seams and that's yeah. with fan apathy for football at an all-time right. low. And you, you I mean, you're talking about businesses opening up and things like that. You can't have losing football because that costs, that doesn't cost the university, that costs the city and it costs business people across the state millions of dollars. So... You can't have a Sylvester Croom situation where, you know, you go three and nine, three and nine, three and nine, and oh, we'll give them another year. If more, you know, State was eight and five last year. Let's say, worst case scenario, State goes six and six this year. And then next year, they're five. You got you to have to make a move. You can't continue to trend downward. You just can't do it. But that said, I think Stevens is going to be a good fit. And I think State's going to be better offensively. They'll be a little worse defensively, obviously, because they, they, they can't be better. 
because they lost too much. But I still think State has the potential to be an eight-win team. And, and if things go real, I think the ceiling is nine. They'll probably end up at either seven or eight. The, the swing of the season, and that's what we've this week on the pod we've been talking about it for State is they go back to back at Auburn at Tennessee, two and zero, oh, you could win nine games. One and one, you're probably going to get to eight. Zero oh and two, you're going to have to push to get to six probably. What's the ceiling and the floor for Ole Miss from your vantage point? The floor is bad, man. Yeah, the, the floor is not good. The floor could be you, you don't you only win Southwest and or Southeast Louisiana and New Mexico. You could be two and ten because you're just not any better defensively. And you lose to Memphis, and you lose to Arkansas, and you lose to Cal, and you lose to Vanderbilt again. I mean, it, those, those are possible things that could happen. The ceiling, you win all your non-conference games. You beat Arkansas. Uh, you beat Vanderbilt. That's six. <sighs> Who's the other one? You play Missouri at home. Missouri on the road, right? Yeah, it's on the road. Missouri's not great, but it's, it's always tough to win on the road. Kelly Bryant's interesting. Yeah, State recruited him really hard. Ole Miss could get to seven. They could find a way to maybe beat Auburn. I mean, I, I'm not real big on Auburn this year. Who do you have last in the SEC West? Who did you pick Arkansas. last? Arkansas. Arkansas. They're not going to be good. They might be better than last year. They might win four this year instead of you know their their non conference schedule is a joke. But if they don't beat Ole Miss on the second week of the season, they're probably not winning a conference game. That makes sense. I think seven's the ceiling. The floor, three and nine. I mean that. Yeah, that the 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 floor for Mississippi State is higher most certainly than Ole Miss. State's they, floor, when you look at the state's got four non-conference games they should win, even though USM and Kansas State are, are reasonably tough opponents. You get them at home. State dominated non-conference games. It's really weird to watch State in the non-conference last year. You would have thought they were the best team in the country. And then you get Kentucky at home. They should be down, right? So that's four. Or so that's five. And then you get Ole Miss and Arkansas, who I think State's better than. I mean, that's seven, to be honest with you. But they could slip up somewhere. And lose one and be six and six. I think five and seven is a big, big red flag on Moorhead. Six and six, yeah, I guess it's possible. I mean, it could happen. Six and six, fans are annoyed, but he's getting another year. He's getting another year, but they're not happy. They're not happy. Matt Luke, that. five and seven, there's going to be some grumbling and some rumblings, but mm-hmm. he's getting another year. It's funny with me with Matt Luke. I thought in 2017, you could have told, you, I could have voted for him for SEC Coach of the Year. I thought he did a fantastic job his first year because I thought that team, especially after they lost to um, that Arkansas game where they had the big lead and blew it, I was like, okay, this team is going to lay down at any minute. And they didn't. They didn't. They did, and they came into Starville and got the win. Well, Matt was Uh, on this podcast not too long ago, and I I straight up asked him if he considered after that year firing Wesley McGriffin. Um, he should have done that. He should have done. And he he acknowledged that. I don't know about Longo after after year one. Yeah, but they weren't his coordinators. Well, I get that, but he would have been successful, I would say. McGriff should have been gone. My whole point to him was, if you didn't believe in him, you should have gotten rid of him because at the end of the day, it's all about wins and losses. And he recognized that point, though I do sympathize and understand where he was coming from as far as showing loyalty to those guys. I wouldn't have fired Longo after year one. Yeah, because they helped you get the job. But then then last year, that team should have won seven games. 100%. They they had South Carolina beat. But that's what you get for keeping Wesley McGriff. Well, that's the other game they had They had won was Vanderbilt. They should have beaten Vanderbilt. Yeah. They should have won both their East games. Like well, that. AJ caught the pass, but whatever. But even with even with that, I mean, they should have just had that game. They should have never gotten to that point. My whole problem to... last year with coaching strategy was they took no risks. None. Yeah. It's completely by the book. Which is when you've got nothing to play receivers for. receivers like that and nothing to play for, you should be fake punt, trick play. 
Yeah. Blitz, 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 get out. You know, just who cares? Who cares? I will say this, and I'm talking about Ole Miss's defense. One last thing, like they have to be better. They have, they to. have to. be. I don't. I'm not saying they're going to be good. I'm just saying they have to be better. I've gone back and watched the Egg Bowl a couple of times, buddy. State could have won that game like 75 to three. They, if they had never thrown a pass, it wouldn't have made a difference. They were completely they could, hopeless. They could yeah. do nothing. They didn't slow them down. No, not not one time. You know, they could have easily rushed for 500 yards in that game. I always laugh. You know what State's uh, line in on that game was for their first total offense? What? It's funny. They had 420 yards on 69 plays. <sighs> <laughs> I'm not making that up. Either. It's been Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit, been on Twitter. He's Brian Haydad. <laughs> At Brian Haydad on Twitter. Check him out on yeah. Super Talk Mississippi. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Let's do it, it again. It was fun. We can do it again anytime you want. Hopefully, this is the last time you hear this ad because with Chime Checking Account, features like fee free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals24. That's chime.com goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.